Welcome to the Visual Div. I'm here with my host, Matt Evans, and my name is Aline. How are you doing, host Matt Evans? I'm very good. Thanks, host Aline. <laughs> I'm the sidekick. We all know this. How's it going? You're, no, you're you're the man with the the dulcet Irish um, voice that everyone tunes in to listen to. I'm the the bland. Don't really know where he's from. British guy, you know. So, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe I'm the host. Maybe I'm the host. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, co-host. We yeah. should ask people. So, who's the host and who's the co-host? <laughs> <laughs> Jack Jack Redley's actually the host. We're just we're just you know. We're just standing in for him, warming the seat up before the expert comes in. That's it. Just keeping yeah. things, keeping the airwaves moving for him. Do you exactly, call them yeah. airwaves if you're talking about a podcast because it's not on an airwave? Well, like, to, it does go on the airwave somewhere along the line, doesn't it? You know? Is online like, the airwaves? It's got to be, surely. Really? It's, well, the uh, Wi-Fi, it goes through Wi-Fi, which is through the air, no? Okay, you're getting... Fair enough, yep. Yeah, yep. you know, all these getting satellites. Getting closer to waves there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, what we were going to talk about today, because we've, we, we're really good at chatting rubbish for about 20 minutes before we actually get into the subject. So today we're going to talk about probably our nemesis. I, yeah. I think... Project management. Project management. The word management makes me wince a little bit. But we're going to talk about project management in the context of being a Webflow freelancer, I guess. Probably, it'll probably touch on a few things. You know, um, like I don't, I try and not use the word freelancer. I just think it's like I, I, I usually use the word like contractor as opposed to freelancer, even though it's the same thing, because I kind of, I don't know, I think there's an illusion of freelancer that it's, you're able to do everything all by yourself all the time with just a couple of YouTube videos supporting you. And that's been very like, uh, I'm very facetious there. And and like, there are superheroes out there that can, can do, um, that are way better at multitasking. I'm not one of them. I like being pretty nerdy at what I'm good at and getting other nerds in to help me. And the thing that I have found to be most uh, helpful for me in the past and consequently most profitable was hiring a freelancer, uh, not a freelancer, a project <laughs> manager. <laughs> yeah, so... so contracting out a, f a project manager onto your project so they do what they're good at and it leaves you to be do what you're good at essentially yeah yeah and we can kind of go over how i did that but like essentially it got to the stage that i trusted them so much that i would just meet the client do the sales sign the contract i wouldn't i'd even get the project manager to send out the contracts and the invoices and i would just swan in at the end and and dev out the project <laughs> and you know usually you would try and give yourself copious amounts of time but we've all we've all been a part of these projects where dev dev always gets squeezed at the end so um so yeah that's kind of it but actually before we get into that remember a few weeks ago we like 
we were like looking at our stats and there was like people from different random states in in America that were like we were just like why are these people who are these people listening to us <laughs> well this 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 guy called um Tim Quayley reached out to me on Twitter <laughs> and he was just like I think he's our super fan I think he has listened to all he's listened to all of our podcasts on repeat and it's just boosted all those numbers but yeah he reached out and was just like said I'm pretty much your target audience you know a dad with uh, he loves webflow so yeah, yeah that was pretty cool <laughs> So that was a and few where, weeks ago. I completely forgot to say it to you. I didn't mean to bring it up. And where where is Tim? Where where's he's in, he based? Uh, Minnesota. Oh, there we go. There's yeah. He's boosted yeah. the numbers. <laughs> he's got he's got like um, Apple Home Link or whatever it's called. So every every time he walks into a room, he he plays one of our podcasts, and that's boosted our numbers up a bit. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'd say he could do it all by himself. You know, well, just have I, it on his yeah. phone and his computer and Apple Home or Google Home. Each of those are a download. <laughs> so we need to we need to get Tim on because, like, if if he's our audience, then he's going to have loads of experiences that probably similar to what we have. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny yeah. though. Like, you know, they what do they call uh, him? Actually, the, the... just just on that there, he said that you don't have your DMs open, so that's why he didn't message you. <laughs> Oh no, but I did. I DM'd him. I DM'd him. No, I, did I DM him or I tweeted him when you said? And uh, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's interesting. They are oh, where where was I? I think I read that those states in the middle between the east coast and the west coast are called the flyover states. I, it do, doesn't sound like a great name to be honest. You don't want to you don't want to be a state that everyone flies over. But I guess there's a lot of traffic on the east and the west. It happens to be there's a hell of a lot of web flowers, really talented web flowers, who are actually in these flyover states. You talk about like it's kind of the who's who of web flow in those in the the Minnesotas, the Wisconsin's, the Iowas, the you know the there's there's all my states gone. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Matt knows three out of fifty states. <laughs> Well, I actually have. Maybe, I, maybe it's because they're all yeah. flying business class and connected online through those those things. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty amazing. You, you just think. I think you know. Obviously, we talk about the remote stuff, but the fact that they're called fly of the states, I guess, traditionally, but there's a huge amount of creative and technical talent in those states. I know America's massive, so it's we're not we're not you know we're not oblivious to the fact that there's going to be people everywhere. But I guess. It's quite cool to see that um, it's not just dominated by the East Coast or the West Coast, like you do with maybe um, quite a few of the tech companies or the business industries. They're all on the left and the right, but actually, a lot well, of the web I was actually is, listening is in to the middle. something there um, this week where there's a huge tech boom in, I think it's Austin, Texas. So a lot of companies are moving out of Silicon Valley over to Austin, and it was on some like Irish business show and the reason it was a topic was that Ireland has actually got a consulate in, in Austin so they were like the the host and the business pers- business reporter was just saying how much of an opportunity it is for Ireland that the fact that there's a consulate there and you know there's a tech tech industry in Ireland tech industry over there and just um yeah, just talking through the possibilities of that. So yeah, like you're you're right in what you're saying is that there's a huge amount of tech talent <laughs> in 
in the mid mid states, flyover states, oh, the middle. <laughs> yeah, not on the east and west coast, which I suppose yeah, they get the east and west coast gets a way more press or clout, especially in Ireland. Everybody knows about the east and west coasts of the states as opposed to what's going on more in in the in the middle. Yeah. Even yeah. in the south and the north. It's the same. It's the same in Ireland in the UK. Yeah, everyone knows Dublin, but no one really knows much else other than that. You know, you don't yeah. like. <laughs> I get that. Well, I get asked that all the time. Do you live in Dublin? I was like, technically, no. Like, if you were in any <laughs> other country, you'd probably say Dublin because it's so close. Like, I'm only three hours drive away. <laughs> but that's the width of the country. <laughs> but also, you don't you don't want to be identified as as living in Dublin in the same way no, that. No. You know, we I'm not a dub. You're not a dub, yeah, but there's there's a lot behind that, you know. There's a lot but you don't you know, you you don't live in Dublin, you don't know you don't have anything to do with Dublin. You don't some people actually go as far as saying they don't even like Dublin. And that's not even to say we don't like Dublin. That's just to make sure that they, they're not classified as Dubliners or dubs as they're called over here, you know? Yeah. It's the same well, same you in know, Wales. It's like the big city versus the rest of uh the rest of us kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but, and um... recently, like, Dublin has been dominating in everything. Like, in, So we've got a sport in Ireland called Gaelic football. So it's an Irish version of soccer and rugby kind of mixed. And we've also got a game called hurling, which is um, a native sport, kind of like lacrosse hockey, but on a field. Um, but anyway, the, the football team, the Dublin football team, have basically dominated the last decade. And it pisses me off <laughs> and then on top of that Leinster Leinster rugby is I would say it's a Dublin team there'll be a lot of people that would disagree with me in that but they're they're based in Dublin and they're quite dominant as well so I suppose when you always have that like that big kind of presence around you it's always good to be especially in like things like sports where no, is it really important? I would say it's incredibly important <laughs> that you have like that uh, that nemesis. But like, God, if someone if someone outside of Ireland slags Dublin, I'll, I'll back them up to the nines. You know, I can, <laughs> I, can I can give out about Dublin. No one else can. <laughs> you know, I I remember when um, when Leinster. So obviously, as you mentioned, Leinster are the the most successful uh, of recent times anyway rugby team. But they were playing La Rochelle who are one of the most successful French teams. And I think we talked about it on the pod before. Like that's where Vincent is from. Yeah. He's he's from La Rochelle. Yeah. He's a big big him and his um him and his family are big big uh, La Rochelle rugby fans and they're like crazy passionate out there. But when Leinster were playing La Rochelle, I saw memes going around which is everyone in Ireland, every county in Ireland was supporting La Rochelle and then you yeah, have Leinster. Pretty much. Yeah, and and that's as that's how deep it that's how deep it goes. Like, well, the it's, the thing with that one is is that the La Rochelle head coach is Ronan O'Gara, who's the former Munster in Ireland out half, and their forwards coach is is also a former Munster rugby player. So we'll cling on to anything <laughs> <laughs> to support any team except Leinster. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we we've talked talk about project management. We've managed to um, not talk about management. Not, yeah. So, um, so I'm getting us back on track. So, in my, in a former life, I was a um, what do they call a product manager. So, 
essentially I sat in this triangle between, um, well, not even a triangle, a square between the, the business people of the business, uh, that may be the commercial sales, the design, mm. and the development team. And my job, essentially, on the, on the face of it, was to manage how they all work together in a way to get make sure the product was the right product going out to the customers. But the product bit and the management bit are so different. Like some people can be more product. I was definitely more product. And some people can be more management. And I was definitely less management. So management as a skill is, you know, it's, it's banded around, in my opinion, it's banded around as this thing that gets tacked onto stuff. Like a project manager for a building site is going to have so many different skills to a project manager for a, a web website. Mm. Um, and what I found is I was really good at the product side, but I wasn't very good at the management side because I don't enjoy moving stuff around Trello boards or Jira boards or just, I'm not very good at that. I'm, my, my discipline is in in the product side of things and looking at the customer and making sure the product meets the customer needs, all that kind of stuff. And it was never on the management side. Pull that over to freelancing or contracting, as you say. Um, the I always have this as a weak spot is, you know, I'm, I don't enjoy doing the, the management side of things. Oddly, I then equate that to moving things around and organized board or calendar or and it's interesting because although i'm not very good at it because i don't find myself being very disciplined at managing projects when i speak to clients and work with clients i find i'm actually really good at managing their expectations primarily because i'm a i'm an expert in understanding what needs to be done and when it needs to be done and the sequence but what i'm not very good at is communicating that in a in a sort of structured way you know i i'm i i never do i want to but i never do fri like every friday do an update right end of week update at the start of a monday do it who needs to do what when they need to do it i start off with this big intention of wanting to do it but then i get into the weeds i start you know getting into the the kind of business case into the development side of things into the design side of things and i just get lost in the nitty-gritty of the stuff and that means that I, I neglect the the management side of things. Now, that's all well and good when when you're sort of managing smaller projects. Maybe you've got one client, maybe there's two clients in that relationship. Um, but when you start to talk about teams where there might be three in a design team or there might be a marketing manager, a founder, and, and a data scientist or whoever might be involved, it starts to fall apart pretty quickly because... You know, you need, as you said, you need someone whose sole responsibility and sole, I say passion, is to make sure all the chess pieces are in the right place at the right time to make sure it all comes together. And, you know, my only experience of this, and it's just, it's really hard to say this, but at 8020, uh, we, ha we always used to have a, a project manager on every project. And some projects used to be very hands-off, as in, you didn't it didn't need a lot of management you know there wasn't a lot of complexity there wasn't a lot of stakeholders the timelines were maybe you know four to six weeks and then you had projects where you ne definitely needed a project manager and because they were three-month projects and there was lots of complexity there's lots of content migration lots of stakeholders at the client end but what i found is 
the expertise of the project manager almost had to be, you have to be a little bit of a web designer or a web developer to kind of appreciate all the tasks that need to be done and what sequence they need to be done. And it's, it's really, it's not just sending invoices and sending out proposals and it's catching those moments where, Hey, Hey, we need to do this and you need to go and do it. And they're like a bit more like a conductor than they are about moving stuff around a, a spreadsheet. So I'd be interested to take, to see how you, your experience on that side. Cause I, that's my reticent to bring on a project manager is I think there's, I've got some projects coming on and if they close, I bring on a project manager makes sense. One, cause I can afford to do it, but two, it feels like it, it me it means I can move at a quicker pace and give the client a, a better service. But I'm always worried about, do they know how web development and web design works in such a way that they're just not going to get in the way. They're going to add value rather than me having to go, uh, can you do this now? And remember, we need to do the accessibility check. And remember, can you do the SEO check? And you know, yeah, all that so kind of you've, stuff. you've actually, you've actually hit on a pain point of project managers. Project managers are not QAs. So that's the first thing. So you've, you've actually just hit on a, a very fundamental pain point there. So does a project manager need to know about web and app development and web flow? Fundamentally, no. Is it a benefit? Absolutely. So if you're hiring in, so I suppose I used to do um, development and QA. The project manager did not do QA. And this is, I know from uh, that this is a pain point for project managers that they're like, we are not QAs. So that's the first thing you have to, maybe that's another thing that needs to be outsourced is a, is a QA expert. So, the the thing with um, the project man the project manager is meant to make their everyone's life easier, but in my and then this is in my experience that the more people I have on a team, the easier I find a project because I'm doing less of stuff that I'm not good at or that I'm okay at, and doing more of the stuff that I'm good at, and then. When you have more people on a team, you need a project manager. So it kind of is this chicken and egg kind of situation. And and just on the point that you said there that some projects don't need a project manager, this I would argue against because everything is okay until it's not. Like there isn't a problem until there is. And the thing with a project manager is that there, if a project has no problems, the project manager has done done their job. If there's problems, and the problems get fixed really quickly, then the project manager has done their job. But if things move really, really seamlessly, it doesn't mean that you can go, ah, oh, maybe I can cut that expense and get rid of the project manager. It means that things are working. Um, and probably it's best to get a project, in, project manager in on one of those smaller projects first that is only two to four weeks and build up a rapport with that person and then move into your three to four month project. The the reason that I like like I got I I am so like there's two the, the reason that I'm so like pro outsourcing and getting these skill sets in is that ultimately at the end of the day it makes you more money and and, and like you know I've I've it, and it really does because there's two things that happen I'm really 
I really hate emails. I really, really hate emails. I hate my inbox. The PM manages all that, manages all communications, gets me involved when I need to be involved. Let's say the project is two months long. Now you can you can get another project. Have, have you had the stress before where leads are coming in, you're in the middle of working, there's deadlines coming up, and now you're trying to you're trying to get a sale, you're trying to get approval, you're trying to get a contract out, you're also trying to hit a deadline. Like that's a lot of stress for an individual. Whereas like when you've got a PM on board, it becomes cyclical where you're like, okay, I've done the sales call. There, can you send out the contract? They've got 24 hours to sign, review and sign the contract or else, you know, you give them the terms and then they keep following up on that. You don't have to follow up on on your, on your that particular piece of work. And then it just, you just, again, come in towards the end. And it, I find that really smooth and a nice way to work. The other, ben, and I was saying, so why I make more money when I do it like that is... I do the sales call initially and then I literally hand it over. I'm not involved. Like I, I'm involved like at a super top level, but I'm not involved in the other work. So I'm not doing design. I'm not doing copywriting. I'm not doing project management. So I'm not doing any of that work. I'm just coming in and doing dev. And that means my dev per hour price goes up. Now, obviously you're outsourcing these other costs, but my dev price goes up. And, and then the other side of it is I'm not on calls as much with the client thereafter. So if there's an update, the PM cannot sign off on any project creep unless I say so. So the PM but this is, is a... But, yeah, but... So like, just, I, just hear I me out. Just hear me out on this about. point. So if... Well, just simple example. Five-page website sold. Great. And then the client is like, actually, can we have like a sixth page that has, you know, a news feed and it's gated? Like, how many times have we all let that slide? We've just let it slide and we're like, okay, it's another page. I can do this in a day. The PM cannot sign off on that. The PM has to go, yeah, okay, this can be done. We need to get it costed and we'll send it back to you. And then we need to review your timeline. And then we need to, you know, it's it's such an easy way of ensuring that you don't get squeezed for additional work. And I found it, I found it very, like, that the stress levels are just so much reduced. No, it's no. It's an interesting point though, because what you're talking about there is is your they're managing outwards and managing inwards. So the the way they're managing inwards is they're putting a little bit of a wall and a bit of accountability to you. So you know because you have a process that involves someone else. When you're on a call and they yeah the client goes hey can we just add in a few of these things, you have permission to go. Okay, let me speak. Let me speak to the PM and see how it impacts. Or the PM can go in and go. Okay, let me speak to the dev and work out. It. And it gives you a bit of breathing space and a bit of like credibility on that front. Whereas if you're, like, I do it all the time. You know, a client goes, "How oh, can we do this?" And you're like, uh, "By the end of the call, yeah, I'll just add it in now." And you're right. Yeah. It's it it does me out of of extra possible revenue streams. Only because I don't have to, you know, it's like you know, Dragon's Den or Shark Tank, I guess, in the US, where they go, go and speak to the wall. It's giving you that wall to speak to. It just happens that that's a PM. Like what we should do as freelancers, so just, just you maybe on that say. One, though, just on that. So the PM is on all of the meetings. 
So they're documenting all the meetings. They're writing minutes on all the meetings and then they're, uh, you know, distributing the tasks from all the meetings. So the PM, it's, so you just said there that if, if someone comes to me, then I have to go to the PM. But the PM is already there saying, oh, there's an extra page. Yeah, no problem. We'll cost it up. We'll get an, in, we'll get an, an add-on fee. And once you've approved that, we'll, we'll have an additional timeline. So, so they're listening to that. They're your eyes and ears on the project. But ultimately, at the end of the day, they can't sign off on anything because they're your employee. Unless you give yeah, them, yeah. you can give them permission to sign off and stuff, of course. But that's the way I've done it. I guess, I guess it comes into like like anything. I, I suppose is that the talent and the quality of the PM is going to affect your perception of of how much value they can add. You know, I've I've yeah, for sure. I've had good PMs, and what I mean there is they do kind of get out of the way but they're in the way at the right time <clears throat> and but i've also had pms that are always out of the way or always in the way and you know like i've 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 used um you know soft like uh, project management software tools and one of my biggest complaints with like jira and clickup and almost over it they're over engineered that i have before i even breathe i have to click something and and when I stop breathing, I have to click something else. Or when I close my laptop for lunch, I need to provide an update just in case. You know, all those kind of little things that that you're trying to keep your PM updated in a way that they, they're always informed for the call at four o'clock. But you're also not trying to make sure that it impedes on your ability to do what you're meant to do, which is just develop. So it's, I think, it's, it's like to find the PM that actually asks the right questions at the right time, but also makes decisions based on their knowledge, but asks the questions of you when they don't know is is hard, I think. And that's probably why, you know, that's to be honest, that's why I, I don't have a PM. I don't I don't have a PM because maybe I, one, I don't trust myself to to pick the right person. Um but two, I've I've never really been exposed to a an absolute shit hot PM that literally makes my life easier. I've maybe that's my personality, and I, I you know I always ask why why do you need this? What do you want this? Can we just do this? Or you know like I had a client the other day last week. I had a call on Tuesday. I was signing contracts Wednesday, and I had a date. I had a date. No, we're not going down, Craig David. I I tweeted that. I'm not. I'm not going to sing it. I'm not going to sing it. Oh my God. This really important point is destroyed by the fact that you tweeted that you're Craig David during the week. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I. Sorry, I just ruined your point there. So hey. what happened on Wednesday? I don't care what happened on Wednesday anymore. We went on holiday and we didn't have any more days in the week. <laughs> no, but that's by, um, thrown me as well because like yeah, I, had a, I, I like I was constructing like some <laughs> not like a rebuttal but like another point. <laughs> no, okay, let yeah, gather yourself. Okay, it wasn't it wasn't a Craig David situation. It, well, it actually was a Craig David situation, uh, <laughs> but um, we had scheduled for the work to be completed in two weeks' time because in a sensible timeline that was when i had scope to do it but i i had a few early mornings 
where my little guy woke me up. Like one of them was disaster. The other one was like, oh, he's chilled out. I'm just going to do two hours of work here. And um, I thought, I can just squeeze this in now. I'm just going to go, I'm going to make a, make a star. And that day I did more than I would have done if I'd scheduled it in for the following t- Monday because I was in the mood. I was in the zone. It was, it wasn't a complex build. I knew I could have background, you know, chitter chatter from the kids and, and I got on with it. Now, if I had a PM, I would want a PM that's flexible to, to go, oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to change the things accordingly. Whereas I've often found that because I buy into the PM process, I shouldn't have started until the 22nd of January, you know, and because it's thrown everything else out or that means we can't bill for it or like all that kind of stuff. And I guess that's the independence I feel from a freelancer is boom, 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 boom out the door. And it, and I can flow a little bit more flex. The downside is because I flow and flex a little bit more, I probably uh, I'm, I'm nowhere near as efficient as I, as I could be, you know? Well, like, as I said before, like it's different, <clears throat> different strokes and like, you know, some people are, are better at um better at like being all encompassing and doing everything but i just find that like it just made i just my stress levels were just so reduced particularly in those really you know the way we all have these congested times you've got four sales calls you've got four meetings with a client you've got like project that's gone over and a project starting and a project finishing and you're just like you're about to explode like the PM just manages all that. I'll give like a really, really simple example. And we've all been there, especially if we've, if we've had, if we work with other, if we work with designers, not getting the assets that you need on time or not like getting to the end and you still don't have an asset or it's like it's in wrong format or something like that. It's like you don't, with the PM, hey, I didn't get this asset. And then you keep working, the PM follows, goes to the designer and gets that. Same the other way around. Like if you've gone into like a meeting with the designers or whatever, and you notice UX issues and you say that you'll, you know, you'll do a bit of a a review on what they designed and we'll work on that. And if you haven't done, like the PM comes your direction and says, hey, you promised this to the designer so that they can make the design better. You notice a few things. Can you, can you do what you said you'd do? Like it just, it keeps, the PM keeps people accountable and it, and, and it speeds up, it just speeds up. They, they speed up a lot of time for you. They find extra moments for you. Like that, that particular moment of you've got the designs, you're like four or five pages in or 10 pages in whatever. And then you notice that, that even though you, you knew all along that it's a GIF and it's not an image, but they've only given you an image and the GIF is somewhere like that process of getting out of Figma, emailing the the designer, hoping they write back or whatever. You know, it's, I just outsource that to the PM and no, continue but, on but, with my work. But here's a good, how do you get that, that instruction to the PM? Isn't there then a sort of extra steps like, hey, can you get this? Okay, what is it? Oh, I need this because of this. Okay, how do I explain that to the client? Well, they said they were going to do this, but they didn't do this. So the, can you go? And then they have to take all that deduce it and i suppose that's what they get paid for but does that say yeah, any i time? suppose the, the way it's the, the so it's not on the fly first of all what's going on the, the the communication back and forth 
like the PM will plan out the whole project for you. And then this is another, oh, this is another benefit. So it's like, I've had a sales call. I'm like, yeah, 15 page website can do this in two weeks, you know, completely unreasonable thing that I've just promised the client to do. And then the PM comes to me and is like, okay, so two weeks, let's reverse engineer that. How much time do you need to develop this? And I'm like two weeks. It's like, well, we need more than two weeks then. It's like, oh yeah, you're right. So they like, the, the, the PM can like make that time visible for you and available for you by, they reverse engineer the whole process. So it's like, you need two weeks, the designer needs two weeks, the copywriter needs two weeks. Now, where can we save time by overlapping these things? Like maybe the design and the copywriting can overlap at the right time uh, at the same time. So it's two weeks for design. And then on week, start of week two, copywriting starts. Start of week three, you can come in and start like UXing or QAing the designs and integrating with. And maybe that's the time when the first meeting with the client is for V1, you know, and the, the PM has all that mapped out and they can actually sometimes call you out in the bullshit that you're promising to a client because it's just like, as you've said many times before, there's only a certain amount of hours in a week. So you're right. A really good PM will have like this process mapped out for you. And this process is also in your contract with your, with your client. And there's meetings that we all have to meet and engage on and agree on things in order to hit this strict deadline. So it's <laughs> literally the, the, not the first time on a, like a, a really big project that I had and the client was really pushing for like, I think it was like an eight week turnaround, like zero to hero kind of stuff. And myself and the, uh, the lead designer were like going through all our things and saying, yeah, okay. And we, we thought we had it planned out and the PM was there with us. And the PM was just like, you guys have given each other no time. You've both agreed that you need six weeks of work in this kind of project but that means we're going on to 12 weeks not eight because you're overlapping so much and we were too stupid to realize it you know or too too in the in the weeds to realize what we had done and and the pm just was like okay so for this timeline you have to reduce the scope you can give them this option but it has to be a bigger scope it has to be a bigger project so so yeah i suppose you're right you need to make sure that the you've got a good pm but I think that's the same with everything. You need to make sure you've got a good copywriter, good designer, um, and, and just good good people that you work with. Yeah, very true. Yeah, because what I'm, you know, you, you know I like turning one situation in and re replicating it with another. You know, what's that called? A metaphor and analogy. I always get mixed up, but um, <laughs> is... You know that we... You know, you watch those house-building programs, and there's, there's a famous one in Ireland by... Um, Dermot Banahan, his name is, and he and he goes in, and he's this he's this mad kind of very quirky, very cool architect. I really liked watching him, and this you know, and he goes in, meets the um, the the people wanting to do the the refurb, and he goes, "What do you want?" And he goes away, and he comes up with this awesome like design, and like says, "Do this, do this, do this." But he's got what they call a QS, a quantity surveyor, with him, mm. and. Uh, I didn't really know what quantitative surveyors were. I've, I've got a friend who is, but I never really understood what they did. And and she sits there on this program. She sits there out of sight, out of mind, kind of like just keeping an eye on stuff. And when she goes to the kitchen supply with the client because where they're picking their kitchen and the flooring and the, the this and she's in all the meetings. 
And when they go, hey, can we do a big, you know, can we spend two grand on this new oven? <laughs> she turns around and goes, um, you can, but you need to maybe reduce how much you're spending on the windows. And she she gives everyone the creative freedom to, to push the limit. But her job on the program, especially, it's really it's really amazing watching it. I would I I prefer that bit more than I do the the design bit. But and she's just she's just clamping down on stuff. And by the end of it, everyone gets what they want in terms of a really good finished product, a nice place to live, all this kind of stuff. But it's within the cost. And I guess mm. you get that on on a building. You, you have a foreman. Yeah. So the question is, I think you've convinced me now to to look into getting a project manager now obviously small really small bills with a lot of a little complexity it might go okay do you know what i can't i can't find room here for a pm but i'd say 50 percent of my projects probably more i'm going right how do i go about one working out that i need a project manager but two more importantly how do i go and find the right project manager and give them a brief of what they should be doing or what I want them to be doing or bringing to the table. Um, how do you do that? Because obviously you've done that and it's worked out really well for you. So how how do you go out and actually find that person um, to to kind of join you on a, maybe on an ad hoc basis? You know, you're not going to employ them on a salary. It'll be like, right, on this project, I want to bring you in. On this project, I want to bring you in. How, how, how would you do that? Yeah, you'd, you'd be surprised, man. Like they're... People in the same, like we're in this little echo chamber of Webflow and Figma. Like we really are, like especially on Twitter. Like, And to be fair, it is a really lovely environment to be in. Like I hear some of the stuff that people are subjected to on, on Twitter. And like ours is so nice, but it's so, it's one silo of the whole internet. You start typing in the word project manager and you will find like freelance project managers like the same way you will find a freelance copywriter so in the same way you would look for a designer you you find the person you check out their portfolio you have a meeting you see what their costs are try and fit it into your your um your budget and you know i've said this before to people that like you know how to make how to increase the price of your projects the easiest way to increase the price of your projects is get more people on your project because you have to pay those people. So like, you know, I'm not saying to like sell, give your PM all of your profits. I'm saying like, I've got a project. It's X amount. The project manager wants this amount. So go X plus project manager. That's the way I've done it. I've, you know, I've costed in the project manager's um, fees into what I, I would have given out. And then, and it's the exact same as I would have when I started working with like, you know, designers that had 20 years experience. I'm like, oh my God, this, this person is charging heaps and heaps of money. So I need to start charging a bit, a lot more for my project. And, and then when a client sees there's a team of people on there, it makes more sense why the project is more expensive than what it was in the past. So I've kind of gone around in a circle there. I've answered a question you didn't ask, how do you pay for a project manager? Basically, you cost it. And then you the way you look for a project manager, I would suggest is the same way that you look for a designer or a copywriter, which is not easy, 
but good ones are out there and there are freelancer freelance project managers out there and um yeah there yeah okay so so okay i found a like you you kind of touched on it a bit but i found a project manager that that i really think is one i i respect and get on with and i think they're going to bring a lot of value there are some projects do you sell that as a service that has a cost or do you bake that cost of a project manager into the project and just run with it that way like how how do you present it to a client because some some clients you know we all know this is clients are there and you've, you've told me this before it's like if you break down everything that you're delivering to them they want to strip stuff out because why because well they've only got so much money so i want to can i strip this out can i take this out can i take this out and the more you break it down the more chance there is of them having a menu for them to to cross stuff off um they're not necessarily giving you less work um well they are giving you less work but they're probably getting more out of you because they're crossing all these items which they don't really appreciate are critical to to project delivery you know project management can often and maybe it can't be maybe it's just me being a little bit naive to this can often be that first one of hey can we we don't need a project manager can we take it out please do you do you give them the clients the opportunity to do that or do you say look this is a cost and within that you get a project manager who's dedicated to your project da 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 how, how do you do that or how how I, well, one how do you do it and how do you think it is the best way to do it so i would give it as this is this is the cost this is the fixed cost so the last the, the most successful time i did this was um i gave a very a presentation essentially and in the presentation was the costings three outcomes three different prices three different outcomes three different timelines and then the next page was the team it was me lead designer uh, the designer the copywriter and the project manager and that was it and it's like these are the costs this is the team costs deliverables team which one do you want and um and that that's how i did it yeah so like i know we've touched on pricing before but i never break prices down um i then just give like uh, i usually i think i did um for that one it was like a 50 30 20 split in in payments um but it was all it was all in all the prices were in and then there was there was buffer in there in case we ran over i needed someone else in or whatever um so i i i, I costed everybody in plus a bit of buffer Okay, and then yeah, on that note, what, do you think you have sold more or the ability to sell goes up if you've got a PM on your team, as it were? So, you know, a lot of us are... Um, Interesting, yeah. You know, I, I, work, I work with an agency, like I work with, um, with Snow House up in Iceland and we can present ourselves as a team, but, I, but it's just full of contractors, loads of contractors. Mm working together under the a really good brand and a really good management of, of that brand. Um, putting a PM on a bigger team, like a, a three or four, like you said, a copyright designer, that feels, it feels like it works. But what if, what if I'm going in and I'm pitching myself as a freelancer for this certain job? Maybe it's a 10 grand job. Um, I'm the dev. That's all they need. I'm bringing a PM with me. Does, do you think that is adds to it or do you think it might, jeopardize it in a way that i explained before was like 
we don't need a PM on this. This is only a six-page build kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I think that's that's a tough one because, like, you're you're trying to say there, is it worth bringing someone in when it's a smaller project? I suppose the same question is, like, if it's, is it worth bringing a QA if it's a smaller project? Is it worth bringing in a copywriter or a designer if it's a smaller project? It's it's a tough one to to answer that, but I just keep bringing it back to like the experience that I've had with a PM is that I've had less stress getting what I need to build, and then I've made more money per hour in my bills. But I, I have to stress that these were majority of these projects were agency style projects where I had a team of five or six people um, ranging from, you know, maybe six to six weeks to 14, 16 week projects. That's the, um, that's where it was super valuable. The more like dev only stuff, it's when it's just like you and, and, and like when you're contracting to another party, probably would expect that party to have a PM if you're like coming in as an an employee inverted commas um but maybe if you're doing enough work and you've got a good rapport with this PM it's good to have them in there just to keep you on your toes that's that's one I, I that's a subjective one I suppose no no it's 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 great point so to fit on to us because we have been working on our side project, haven't we? Yeah, and we need a fucking PM. <laughs> yeah, we do. Like, I'm I'm listening to all of these benefits, and I'm thinking, you know, we we spent a couple of hours this morning going around the houses, um, tr- trying to make a plan, trying to make a project plan of sorts. It was a bit ad hoc. We had lots of subject um, subjects that we're talking about that we went off on a tangent, and before you know it, it's it's kind of midday and. We're back and Matt at square was one. And and I was about to leave. Alan Alan was getting we're trying to work this out when we trying to get what's the word for not hangry, but when you when you haven't had a when coffee. When you don't Alan, have coffee and you're angry. Yeah. Alan basically said at one point, he said, Look, forty minutes ago I needed a coffee and I haven't had my coffee. <laughs> and that that was the time when we both pressed um exit from the chat we were on. Um, anyway, I don't, but, I don't yeah. think I don't think a PM could solve that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, that's true. But I, I was just, I was just thinking out loud though. It's just uh, maybe that's somewhere or something. Okay, we're not, we don't have any revenue. We don't have any any mm. way of. Well, we do have ways of paying, but it's not something that we want to invest at the moment. But maybe further down the line, we bring in a PM to to keep because you love building and I love building, and the problem is and we both love talking. We both love talking. We we don't get offended when we debate and call each other out and stuff, which, you know, in some instances is a good thing, and others other times it just means that we keep going and going and going and going. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, we, time is money, and if we had someone just sitting there going, guys, come on, let, let's draw a line under this. We need to move on to this bit because this is the timeline that we've agreed to. That, like, honestly... I, if I had if I had someone PM PMing my life, oh, I think I'd be so much more efficient. Yeah, but they couldn't be, they couldn't get in the way. You know, it, it would have to be they have to be so flexible and 
Yeah, I'm 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 convinced now. I think, and I think I think who who was it who was who was on online Twitter mentioned about this? Was it Tim over down in Tasmania? I think maybe. Yeah, yeah, and Tim, it's... he was because we had said it a few times, and like you know, I've I'm I'm going on like past experience because I've kind of become just. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm contracting for one company, so I don't. They have managers, I suppose, in there, but, but it's the, um, but yeah, it was Tim down in Oz that was, that was asking us to kind of chat through it. But yeah, that's that's my experience of it. The thing as well is that like, I have to say that I'm very good at letting go of stuff. (laughs) Sorry, not not opinions, (laughs) not opinions, not like you know. grudges (laughs) grudges <laughs> I, I can hold on to a grudge i mean work i'm <laughs> very good at letting go of work you know i've uh i've hired in like a salesperson i've hired in designers i've hired in writers i've hired in pms i've hired in qas i'm very good at being like you know if they do the good good job like i'll keep paying them i'm like that i'm fine with that and i know like i end up with less of a cut but as i say like i just price accordingly and my it, my my uh, hourly rate goes up, so the um, it it would be it'll be hard at first because like at the end of the day, if it's under you, like if it's under your brand, like if it's under Fido and Patch, like that's you, and and you you will be like you know a bit um, defensive, not defensive, precious, precious is the word, precious about the work, and and you might want you might helicopter a little bit. And I think that's okay. And I think PMs are used to that. But once that relationship is built up, like as I said, it's like it it can it goes so far as it's like deal is done, get the contract ready, can you read over it, sign it off for me, send it to them, let me know when they've you know, it goes it, it's that early. Because that was actually one of the questions that Tim asked, like, when do you hand it off? And I'm like, after sales. You know, yeah. and um, and then it's like, and this probably goes down to what you were saying about in the smaller projects, like I would use the PM then for like reoccurring stuff that comes true. It's like any email that comes in from this person, can you take hold of it and organize a meeting where we can talk about stuff and figure out what the next step is. So like, it's kind of a chicken and egg, egg situation, but I think once you've got a good rapport with someone and a good working relationship. It's, um, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a great, great way to work. Yeah. And Hey, let, let's bring it to a close here. Cause we've, we've been two people who, who are not fond of management stuff have, have spent a good no. amount of time now. So, yeah. We, we've, we've spent <laughs> 50 minutes now talking about project management. <laughs> well, maybe not, maybe not. We've, we've spoken about whether we need it or not. Um, but it was good, yeah, Matt. I, like you raised some points there that good. I completely forgot about. Like I was like, "Oh yeah, what about that? What about that situation?" I completely forgot about them, and and maybe maybe this is testament to the PMs that I've worked with in the past is that I only remember the positives. Well, that that's generally your that's generally your vibe anyway. There's a you're not you're not too you're not too far from a smile. So, uh, um, but it, like switching switching to positive, I just wanted to. A bit of a shout out to Jack and I think Isabel who've got their they've got the um I think it's the web flail meetup in March. Oh just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say began. 
it's where where it all began exactly that's where um a lot of a lot of uk kind of europe side people have met um this yeah, is a I lot think of people the came out of, it was like the first big thing after covid and everyone was like these webflow nerds just coming out from behind rocks and stuff going <laughs> is it safe are we here who is this person and then um, turned into a great night <laughs> yeah so i think the first the first one was actually in a pizza joint and there was there was just almost the originals then one last march was a lot bigger there was i don't know there was probably what 100 people there plus maybe um and it wasn't in a pizza joint but we had pizza and i think i think we ran out of pizza because we were so you know we all love free pizza so we ran out of pizza but we didn't run out of tour because we carried on and on and on and on until you know they ran out of taxis for us um (laughs) and then this year i know jack has something a lot bigger planned think it's in the same location but yeah. you know you know you know jack he's learning like he's learning like lightning you know he's obviously gone from a tiny little podcast to probably one of the biggest webflow podcasts he's started off with a tiny meetup and no doubt this meetup is going to build on his previous meetups but also the london webflow comp where lots of people got so much value out of it so yeah i'm um i told jack this morning that i'm going to try and make it it's very doubtful. It's come at the wrong time of year, but hopefully. Has he said a date? Yeah, it's in March sometime. Early March, I think. Or maybe oh. it's a, maybe it's the 23rd of March. I can't remember. It's, it's yeah. That's the yeah. complete opposite ends of March. <laughs> yeah, it's in March. Let's just say it's in March. Jack Jack can update yeah. us. Um, yeah. In the next pod, we'll, we'll get the actual. Um, but yeah, so anyone looking for a meetup? Uh, free pizza. From free pizza, yeah. Half a free slice, half a free slice. <laughs> then um, check out Webflail because those guys are. Um, I say those guys. I, I know it's it's kind of Jack, his brother, and I'm not sure if Isabel is is also involved because she's done some amazing Manchester meetups previously as well. Since she's a. Um, anyway, there we go. Project management meetups and our secret side project that we are going to work on and get done and release next week. And a super fan from Minnesota. And a super fan from Minnesota. Yeah. Anyway. All right, Matt. Right. We'll say t- goodbye. T- yeah. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.